0: Welcome everyone to Mike and Amit's Tech Talk. And this week, we're gonna be talking about a technology that unless you've been completely unaware of what's going on in the last few months, you will have heard about it. And we wanna go a little bit deeper into what it is, how it works and the impact that it will have on our lives, if any, and that of course is ChatGPT. So here we are talking about ChatGPT and maybe I'll, I'll kick it off with a question, Amit, to you. What is it, how does it work, and how is it different than what we saw in the past?
1: Literally, like you said, right, Alex, you've been living under a rock. This thing has probably rocked your world already, right? And it's already evidently reckoned to disrupt multiple industries, including ours, right? I mean, the entire education sector is up in flames saying, hey, we're all going to lose our jobs and all our previous exams and tests and courses are up in flames. Look, let's take it one step at a time, right? I mean, look, There's nothing really new about this particular technology. This is based on stuff that at the very least was introduced by Google in 2017, 2018, which was the transformer, which does not just look at single sentences or just a combination of words, but takes the whole argument or it takes the whole paragraph or the whole conversation into account when predicting what comes next or when trying to understand what's going on. So now this is a technology itself which was based on supervised learning and reinforcement learning, which go all the way back to the 80s and 90s. So the underlying technology behind this has been around for quite a while. What's really cool in this particular case is, I'll open AI, and to be very fair to them, Google, Meta, as well as Amazon, along with most of the tech firms, how they have leveraged this technology in a very, very unique way, in a very, very creative way, by mixing manual labeling, manual human feedback with I believe 40 human labelers to set up the reinforcement loop within this so that whenever you give a prompt, whenever you give a text, whenever you give some kind of question, it can provide what in its mind or in its calculation is the answer that'll please us the most, right? Based on what it finds on the web, which as it turns out is pretty darn impressive, right? I mean, it can write haikus, it can write poems, it can figure out, it can provide opinion, it can summarize massive, massive, massive areas of text. And these are things which are very, very human skills. So relatively known, I will not say simple, but relatively well understood inputs that underlie this technology, Nonetheless, the outcomes
0: that come from it are pretty darn impressive, and that's cool, right? Even though maybe the technology behind it is not groundbreaking, the results do seem so much better than what we than what we've seen in the past. I mean, really, if if anyone has tried it, it gives answers that just sound like they've been written by a human, and that's not easy to do. and And they've and they've managed to do it. And so, where do you think you know? It's got to be all kinds of places that could where you could, we could see disruption through ChatGPT and other learning models, language models. What do you see as the biggest areas that could potentially be disrupted by technologies like this? So I,
1: I think let's let's try and first categorize the kinds of outputs ChatGPT is good at, right? When I say good, and I'll qualify this in just a minute. First of all, ChatGPT is really good at what you can consider generating things based on a prompt. So for example, I tell Chad GPT, saying, hey, Chad GPT, can you write for me a limerick about Michael Wade who is an absolute stud in digital transformation and really likes to drive electric cars, right? And then it can come up with a limerick, it can come up with a really cool limerick that probably adheres to all the rules of writing a limerick and do that, right? The other thing it can do is, I can touch at GPT say, hey, Chan, GPT, I really need to write a 500-word essay on the Korean War for my assignment, and I'm literally running out of time. I completely forgot about it. Can you write for me a 500-word essay on the Korean War? And it can very quickly do that at a reasonably high level, right? It's not gonna be perfect, but can do that at a reasonably high level. It can make projections within reasonable range, but it can also make interpretations within a relatively narrow range. What are the kinds of areas we might use that for? The interpretations could perhaps be used for summarizing things that we normally use human beings for. Think about legal documents, right? Think about understanding long conversations. Think about summarizing meetings, which till yesterday, we had human beings taking notes for meetings. We don't need them to do that now. In terms of making small projections or in terms of generating relatively new output, Think about writing the first draft of perhaps not a paper, but writing the first draft of an executive summary, writing the first draft of an email, doing some basic copy editing work that can then be edited, writing basic code that can then be edited by somebody who's really, really proficient at it. Somebody who's really, really proficient at coding Python or R or whatever that is, probably still spends a reasonable amount of time writing the first scratch code and then adding bells and whistles and improving upon the syntax. If she could already start with a baseline code that you then just have to improve, and not only that, and then get it translated to five different languages, which you might not know, in the click of a button, that's real value. That's real disruption. But I think in both cases, Mike, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, I am not seeing disruption. I'm seeing disruption here, but I'm not seeing disruption here that'll take away jobs. I'm seeing disruption here that's really, it's kind of like the calculator, right? I mean, it might take away a niche amount of jobs, but by and large, it's going to make us all better off. I don't know what your thoughts are on this.
0: It's really hard to know, but I agree with you. When you look at how ChatGPT could actually be disruptive, maybe the biggest disruption is in, in an improvement in our productivity. So that we spent a lot of time, you know, knowledge workers, spend a lot of time every week staring at a blank screen. You got to now, you got to produce a summary, you got to write a report, you got to do an email, you got to, you know, whatever it is if you can get chat gbt to give you the first draft that could potentially save you know two three hours a week and if you add that up over millions and millions of knowledge workers it's a hefty increase in productivity and like you say it's it's actually using your time more productively so you can get you can get more done it's not necessarily replacing jobs you know there's a lot talked about oh how it's going to disrupt the education system and all that but i think it's going to disrupt lazy educators Completely- more than anything else right teachers and professors who are lazy they just you know use the same questions year after year and it's just you know cough up this fact or an article regurgitate out. textbooks those kinds of things And that was never really serving the purpose of education anyway. So now they're going to be forced to think about things that a technology like GPT cannot do so easily, like combine knowledge or come up with new knowledge or make a specific example in a specific situation of particular knowledge. And that's something that humans can still do a lot better so i think from within the education system i welcome it because it's going to cut out some of those really really lazy lazy things that don't really contribute to very good education anyway and i do think there's ways that it could improve our world you know we've used google forever we think google is great and we didn't really think yeah but google's not taking it to the last step right it's giving us links to where we could find the answer but it's not actually giving us the answer so now we actually get the answer to something, we realize, wow, you know, that's something we've, we've actually been missing without realizing we've been missing it. You know, it's it's amazing you should say that because, you know, I've always
1: thought of this as saying, hey, look, I go to Google and say, hey, I'd like to eat at a really, really nice restaurant. Can you point me? And it says, hey, look, if you go north for two miles, you'll find a bunch of nice restaurants out there. And It's just up to me to go north, go two miles look at the 50 restaurants there and find the one that I like, right? What ChatGPT is doing is saying, Hey, look, based on what little I know about you, if you go north for two miles, turn right and the first left restaurant on the left, that's something that you might want to try out. Is that going to be the perfect answer? I don't know. But it's already taking a step further that Google in these last 20 years has not been able to take in many ways.
0: Let's talk about Google a little bit because, of course, as soon as ChatGPT came out, a lot of people said, well, that's it for Google. Right? And certainly it does provide, as we talked about this kind of additional added value above and beyond what you get from Google without advertising, right? So this is the issue for Google, even if it had the technology and there's indications that it did have technology, of course, the, a bit of a botched uh, release last week of barred, but nevertheless, the issue for Google is where's the advertising? If there's no click, there's no money. They'll have to think of another another way to make money. But when you actually think it through what Google provides, so there's the search side that Google provides, which is potentially gonna have to change. They'll have to maybe find a new revenue model. But if you look all the way back at what Google does, actually they're not in a terrible position to take advantage of ChatGPT and other models because any kind of an advanced AI language-based learning model is gonna need massive amounts of data. And that data is gonna have to be stored somewhere. And so those companies that are providing cloud services, you know, like AWS, Azure from Microsoft, and of course, Google, they have those big data centers and they have a lot of knowledge and experience in how to manage and store and manipulate and analyze data. So when we see ChatGPT and its competitors, and of course it's not the only one out there, it's the one that's the kind of the face of it, the biggest brand, but there's lots out there. The ultimate winners could in fact end up being the infrastructure providers both on the cloud layer, but also the infrastructure layer, the actual core technology, because there's certain chips that are better suited, that are better designed to facilitate these types of AI processes. So I think there's a whole tech stack that stands to benefit from this growth. And I guess this is a question for you, Amit, you know, ChatGPT, as the front-runner from OpenAI seems to be taking a big lead, but do you see that they will eventually kind of win the game to be the dominant, or if you do think there's going to be a a dominant player out there? Mike, I think there's
1: a couple of things there, and, and, and they're kind of related to the final question that you asked, right? First of all, I think in line with what you just said about Google, we should also acknowledge, like we've already mentioned, that transformer technology did come from research done at Google. That's point number one, but more importantly, Think of the spirit of collaboration in this industry, right? This technology was made available for free to all the other researchers. That's how ChatGPT was actually born. It was born on a technology that was actually invented by Google that it's now threatening to kill. But that's the spirit of collaboration that exists, thankfully, at least so far in the machine learning field. I'm with you, right? I don't see a clear path for disrupting Google in this? I mean, there's a few things happening here. First of all, I mean, it's not obvious to me that Google hasn't thought this through. They thought that, uh, I think they did think this through, right? I think they did see uh, the potential for ChatGPT, both the positive and negative. I think there are a large group of extremely, extremely smart people sitting there who not only understand technology, but do understand business models as well. I think they've been caught off guard by the kind of crazy reaction the public has given to ChatGPT, I don't think they're caught off guard by the technology per se. They knew it all along. They probably knew its potential as well as what it can and cannot do, right? And then it was a little bit of innovator's dilemma in there, but I don't think that. Secondly, personally, I think ChatGPT is an extremely cool tool. It's an extremely fun tool. But what's really going to excite me is not so much like ChatGPT, it's going to be the apps that sit on ChatGPT. I might be wrong about this, but this is this to me is like, Us in 1991, sitting and discussing the hypertext transfer protocol, right? Look what a cool protocol this is, and look how revolutionary it is, which it was. Within five years from now, did we really talk about how cool HTTP was, or we spoke about how cool the websites that were built on that were? right? And those are the things that really revolutionized our lives and continue to do that. I think of GPT 3.5 and GPT4 that's coming up, and Chat GPT, which is one small application. I think of it as an underlying core technology, and now I'm waiting for smart people to come up with really cool ideas, and these are the ideas that might eventually revolutionize our lives. So I have a feeling personally, that Chat GPE is going to be one of perhaps a few different tools of this ilk that will drive us over the next 10 years. We might have, obviously ChatGPT is brilliant at language. By the way, ChatGPT sucks at mathematics. Evidently, if you ask it to add five digit numbers, its error rate is more than 10%, which is unacceptable, right? Think about that. But we've got others which are brilliant at animation, right? We've got yet others which are amazing at touching up pictures. There are others that can you give the uh, text prompts and it can create videos for you they're all kind of based on the same underlying transformer technologies. So I think chat GPT, along with a bunch of these
0: other really, really cool applications is what's going to revolutionize our lives in the future. It is kind of ironic, right? Because we think of these new technologies as being really, really good on the math side, really good, but not very good on the language side. And that's, you know, predictions from the, from way back of all, have always overestimated the ability of computers to, to manage and manipulate language, but underestimate you know, their ability to, to do complex mathematics. And here we seek a little bit the opposite, right? It's not great at traditional math, but it's really good at language, not just English, but lots and lots of different languages and computer languages too. I think that's one of the big changes, but let me ask you this question in the future, and then I'll, I'll give my point of view after, and you've already suggested what this might be, but do you think we'll be still talking about GPT in five years?
1: I think in a few years, I think in five years, we'll still be using the technology that chat GPT is based on, probably much more improved. We'll be using apps that are based on something that looks, works like chat. I personally don't think we will be talking about chat GPT in five years. You know, at this point, it probably seems like a bold, I don't know if it seems like a bold statement. I don't know if it is. I think in, in five years, we will start thinking of this as, oh yeah, that was a cool moment that it had, but then we I mean, of course, it's still useful today, but we found so many other cool uses for this that this has become a relatively run-of-the-mill, right? Or it's relatively—I don't want to use the word
0: commoditized—but it's become relatively common. I agree. I think generative pre-trained transformer models like JGBT are only going to get better, but it's not going to be the one. I think there'll be many. There'll be very soon. We'll see many of them out there, and some will be better than others, but. But I think mostly they'll be working in the background. So they'll be improving apps that we're already using. They'll be making search better. They'll be making queries in, in data better. They'll they'll helping, as we talked about, you know, produce better language-based outcomes, like, you know, improving our emails and, and our reports and so forth. So it, it'll be kind of embedded. I think it's a B2B model I agree. Uh, essentially. It's gonna sit in the background, it's gonna make what other things of higher quality. So it's a it'll be a means to an end, but it won't be an end. So I think it'll just sort of it's really hot right now and it maybe continue to be hot for a while, but soon enough we're gonna see a bunch of these showing up. And most of them are just going to fade into the background. I think Jot GPT will be one of them will look back and go, That was a cool time. What happened to that thing? You know
1: <laughs> And you know, Mike, it's so funny you should say that about this having a better B2B fit than perhaps a B2C fit. The way I'm thinking about it is right now, what are the companies we are hearing about making a lot of moves in the chat GPT slash GPT space? We are hearing Microsoft, Amazon has just come out with something who obviously kickstarted the whole thing with the Transformers Meta's talking about it. All these are pretty B2C kinds of, you know, customer facing companies. And surprise that we don't already hear Salesforce. SAP, the ERP companies, right? Slack. These people saying, "Hey, you know what? We are going to integrate the Chat GPT API type stuff into Salesforce, which can allow you to use verbal text comments to look for queries instead of querying in uh, that." That to me is what's going to be cool. And again, that's a B2B use, exactly like you said.
0: Right, and I think Microsoft is maybe the one that's already talking about integrating it into Bing and into a lot of their technologies. So it'll be good, it'll, it'll make our lives better, it'll make our lives easier. It's nice to see these steps and it's nice to see where where they're going to go. But I think we both agree, as an independent kind of product, Jack GBT is probably not going to be the one that we're talking about in a few years. Thanks for
1: listening to Mike and Amit Talk Tech. My name is Amit Joshi, I'm professor of AI analytics and marketing strategy at IMD. And if you haven't already done so, please remember to subscribe to this show wherever it is you listen to your favorite podcasts. And to learn more about IMD's management courses, please visit imd.org.